Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome into the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prame. Eric Scopel with me on the show as always. And today we are joined by our guest, Jackson Moore of BearTerritory.net, our affiliate for the Cal Bears site on 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, Jackson, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. So Oregon at Cal, 4 o'clock game is being televised on ESPN. I have to ask this real quick. Uh, any chance this game could be postponed or uh, transferred to Eugene? I mean, we know Stanford can't play right now in the Bay Area. understand that they're in different counties than Cal, but is there any kind of fear that this game from, uh, from a, just a, a health restriction standpoint could maybe have to be altered? I believe Cal is anticipating it to come and I may not be by Saturday. So, you know, it's not a hundred percent, but typically if Santa Clara County goes one way, the city of Berkeley is likely not far along to, to follow with that. Um, so it, you know, it's Cal's getting their game plan ready in case they do have to move, but you know, we don't know how soon that might be. And you know, hopefully for them, they can get through at least this week, but if they have to move, they can get through it beforehand. But, um, it's still very much a possibility. I mean, Stanford had no warning from my understanding before that news came last Saturday. So, uh, I mean, it, it could happen at any time. And I believe Cal has their contingencies ready. Gotcha. Uh, and I guess the other quick COVID question is, uh, does the, is there time restrictions? Like, I don't think this game is going to go till 10 PM. Uh, it would be wild if it did, but are there any other kind of, you know, health restrictions in place right now in that area? Uh, you know, it's not, not any more different than it has been the past couple of weeks for Cal, at least. And, you know, there's um, maybe some questions about the timing on Calzen just because before that UCLA game a while back, they had, that was a Sunday, they had some quarantine issues on Saturday before that game. They had some issues before Oregon State right before then, so two weeks ago. So there's some players that, you know, they may be eligible, but they may not be able to practice till maybe Friday for a walkthrough or, or something like that. So there's sure. still some question marks about some of Cal's players, but um, it's nothing that they haven't already had to deal with the last two weeks. And right. I don't see it impacting Oregon in any way if they come to Berkeley as planned. So this is Justin Wilcox's fourth year at the helm. Um, every year they've gotten better under him five and seven his first year seven and six two years ago and then last year they went eight and five two straight years with a bowl game what's just the overall health of this program midway through year four um, I'm not really going to focus on the one and two record I mean they could lose every game and I'm not really going to maybe change my perspective personally but being down on ground zero of Cal uh, what's the kind of the, the health of this program the trajectory and the feeling around this team right now yeah, this is the first uh, major bump in a while, and they've had a couple of three-game losses or three-game losing streaks in Coach Wilcox's last two years when they've gotten overall a lot better. But, you know, obviously to start 0-3, and now it feels like the season's almost over already. Uh, it doesn't look, feel like it's going to get a whole lot better uh, anytime soon uh, with this particular season, but it's kind of been a bit of a nightmare scenario. It's been one problem after another, and Cal's not alone by any means, but you know, going into UCLA with that weird, you know, very 
not very welcoming circumstances for Cal. That was a tough one. And you kind of write that off almost. And then the last two losses, they've been without a significant number of starters and still been about one or two plays away from winning those two games. So you feel like, you know, across college football, you don't want to write the season off, but for Cal, you almost have to in terms of the strength of the program, because they were on a very upward trajectory. Uh, This recruiting class that they've assembled right now is by far the best, uh, probably since the Tedford years uh, that Cal's had here. It's been one of those. They're in the top 20 right now, which is a big leap for recruiting wise. So if they can survive this season, as far as uh, that outlook to the public and to the recruiting classes uh, of the future years, then they should be able to keep this going. I, I don't see this 0-3 start as a, a big dent in Wilcox's efforts, but um, they do have a few more steps to go as a program and they've got to find a way to get back to it uh, by next year. No later. Jackson, can you, and you, you mentioned a little bit the UCLA bizarre nature of that one where, where you basically have like, what, 48, 72 hours to, to get ready for the season debut. And it wasn't a pretty game, but it's against an opponent you weren't expecting, et cetera. But can you go into detail on just how bizarre Cal's preseason camp was and how the – I mean, first two games were canceled. First one, um, you know, seemingly because of Cal's players. Second one, because of Arizona State. Like how, how weird was this first two to three weeks of the season, and, and how have you seen this group respond since then? Yeah, it was definitely bizarre, and it's really frustrating for Cal's end because a lot of teams have gone through exactly what Cal did and didn't have to miss any games. You know, basically the story we've gotten uh, through the reports is that one Cal player uh, was positive for COVID-19, and uh, the reports, uh, the sources are that it was within the defensive line and the contract tracing within Berkeley, the city uh, required the whole D line to miss two weeks. And there's just no way to substitute your entire defensive line and play some football games. So, um, you know, despite negative testing and other ways that maybe some other teams have gotten players back faster, uh, that just wasn't in the cards. And it almost cost them the Arizona state game as well. We find out, two days before kickoff that Cal's good to go, but Arizona state's not good to go. And then, um, you know, a a week of practice that was Cal preparing for Arizona state without a defensive line, you can't practice really running the ball or pass protection or anything like that. And then they have to set up a new game plan with 48 hours. They have to travel to UCLA. So there was a whole ton of hurdles and, uh, you know, they finally got back onto a little bit of a schedule, even though these two games that they played, uh, after UCLA were both on short weeks um, coming off of a Sunday to Saturday and then a Saturday to Friday for uh, last week's big game. Uh, and then those two games, they find out right before Oregon State, about six or seven starters have been contact traced, uh, not necessarily one position, but uh, kind of a handful of guys here and there it really hurt the O-line. And again, they, they were, they came very close the last two weeks and the season could be very different. Um, if Cal maybe had a, a normal preseason and first couple of weeks, but um, you know, it hasn't been anything like they haven't come out with any energy or anything like that. They've just been, I mean, they've really fought through it. They've just been a couple plays short and um, we'll see if that weighs down on, on them at all, but uh, it's going to be the toughest challenge they face this week against Oregon, even if it's the most, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully there's no more surprises before Saturday, but if it's the most normal week they've had, it's still not going to be um, the, the easiest on them so far. Three games into the season now for Cal. Uh, I feel like offensively, especially this group has gotten better each and every week. 
Um, where have you seen that improvement? Where is this team uh, improved offensively and kind of what stands out with this offensive unit for you? Yeah, I think the O-line, which surprises me because they've been so depleted. Um, you know, they were at full strength against UCLA and you could just tell the time they missed in practice of conventional practices. They were very unprepared for that game. Uh, and then they go to Oregon State. Three of the starting offensive linemen for the Oregon State and the Stanford game have been out with contact tracing. A fourth went out with injury against Oregon State. He came back against Stanford. And I, if you would have told me they were going to be without uh, 80% of their O-line, I wouldn't have thought they would have had a chance, especially coming off the UCLA game. But, I mean, really the last two weeks, they haven't skipped a beat. Um, you know, the running game has picked up. They, they haven't really had Chris Brown the last two weeks either, the star running back. But Damian Moore, a true freshman, has really stood out. And, uh, you know, Chase Garber's in the passing attack with his uh, handful of receivers has um, just kind of gotten back to, to basics the last two weeks. I don't think it's anything that's been overwhelmingly great, but it's been about what Cal expected. And that paired with the stronger running game has made Cal look pretty solid on offense, but um, hasn't quite gotten the defensive performance to go with it that the Bears are used to. If Cal scored 27 or 23 last year, those are wins. Jackson, you, we've talked. You mentioned a couple times just the difficulties, contract tra contact tracing, injuries on the offensive line as a whole right now. As Cal prepares to face Oregon on Saturday in Berkeley, we think in Berkeley, maybe somewhere else, maybe Eugene. Who knows? Uh, it's COVID. Um, what is kind of the status of California's of players that have missed games, but then also just from a general perspective, will they have players like Christopher Brown? Will they have? some of these other players that have missed some time. Where, where, where are they from an injury front right now? Yeah, Christopher Brown's the one where no, we know for sure it wasn't the contact tracing, it was injury. He was on the sideline, did not play against Oregon State. And against Stanford, he suited up. And uh, he only touched the ball about four times, all I think on the last possession. And he really did well with those touches, just about what, what should have been the game-tying drive there at the end. Um, so it, I would anticipate he'll still be limited, but – we should see some more of him this weekend. Um, uh, he, he will definitely be available from what I understand. And then there's a big bulk of guys that were contact traced uh, as of Friday, two weeks ago. So even if they're at the maximum contact tracing, they should be cleared for Saturday's game. They'll just be uh, with minus two weeks of practice. And you're looking at three starting offensive linemen, uh, Braxton Croto, uh, starting outside linebacker, which is a kind of a depleted unit, especially without him right now. So uh, he'd go a long way in, in being in there. Uh, tight end Colin Moore, they've been able to get by without him, just with the, the number of tight ends they use. But those are kind of the, the guys you're looking at that could be back. Um, they have suffered a few injuries uh, just in general on the D-line, which is also a group that lost uh, Luke Beckett before the season. He transferred when the Pac-12 postponed. So um, it's a very thin D line. They're, they're probably going to stick with the three starters just about all game. And they really can't afford to have anyone get dinged up there during the game. We're talking with Jackson Moore, BearTerritory.net. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and continue our preview of Saturday evening's Oregon at Cal football game. All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm at Prime Eric Scopel with me as always on the show, and we're joined by Jackson Moore of BearTerritory.net, 24-7 uh, sports previewing Saturday's game, Oregon at Cal, 4 o'clock kickoff, game televised on ESPN. 
you talked a little bit about uh, Brown there at running back. Feels like this season um, Cal has three solid options at running back. Uh, is that expected? Was that expected? Or or has there been maybe some, some surprise uh, with what they have at, at the tailback position? It did sound like they were going to go with more of a committee just because, um, you know, the lack of preparation of a normal offseason. They wanted to uh, space out the carries a little bit. Uh, Marcel Dancy was definitely expected to be in that mix, which he, he has been. But uh, Damian Moore has been the, the real surprise for sure. Um, it looked like going into the year that Cal would probably go with three backs. But um, Bradrick Shaw, who was a graduate tran- transfer from Wisconsin, was the, the guy that we believed was going to be a part of that committee. He hasn't really been on the field too much. Uh, yeah, instead, it's been Damian Moore. Uh, Moore has definitely exceeded expectations. He's been very good with his amount of touches. Uh, it does seem like there's maybe less uh, confidence maybe in his pass protection, obviously just being a true freshman and having a couple seniors in that that lineup where – you know, it seems like the more uh, when Moore is on the field, he usually touches the ball. His usage is very high compared to Dancy, who will uh, bring in a lot of pass blocking. And then, of course, if Brown can be on the field uh, a lot more, then he can do it all. Uh, so they have options, and uh, definitely helps if Brown can go a little bit more than he did last week. Jackson Chase Garbers is undoubtedly the most experienced quarterback Oregon has faced this season. Um, two quarterbacks they've faced have been fill-ins because of contact tracing regarding COVID. Uh, two others are first-year starters. One's a true freshman, one was a junior. Garbers has a couple of years worth of starting experience. I, I know we've talked a little bit about the struggles early on in the season, but it seems like the offense has just gotten progressively better, which makes a lot of sense given what they've been facing. Do you think – how has he improved, I guess, first off, from year to year as a starter? And is he a player that's capable of, of putting the offense on his shoulders and – let's say they're down a touchdown or two late and, and, and bringing them back. Is, is he kind of shown that ability quite yet? Yeah, I think he's getting there. Um, you know, he definitely became a different player last season. And I think the offense last year, which was more of a spread, maybe allowed him to kind of be the featured guy at times. They were still a pretty run-heavy offense for being a spread. But, you know, he had a little bit more um, ability to extend plays with his legs and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, Cal ended up going seven and zero last year when he started and finished games. Uh, unfortunately, he got knocked out of two and missed some games as well. And uh, his loss was definitely uh, noticed in those games. Um, I think this offense this year, which is uh, under Bill Musgrave as, at offensive coordinator, it's a bit more old school, a little more pro style, and um, a lot more based on the between the tackles runs and the timed passes. And he's still um, getting into that a little bit. He uh, they were a lot more aggressive the last two weeks. They've taken more shots and his completion percentage has gone way up compared to that first game where uh, he really didn't have much pass protection. And there's still been some issues there, but uh, enough to get by for now. And we've also seen him the last two games as well, have the opportunity to lead those game winning drives uh, opportunity that were not met, unfortunately for him, but he did get the offense all the way downfield against Oregon state. He had a tipped ball, get intercepted. I mean, that's a tough one. And then against Stanford, he leads the game tying score and the extra point gets blocked. So, um, you know, I think he has all the uh, ability and the confidence from his team and he's definitely the leader of the offense, but um, I, I don't know if he necessarily has the 
top end ability or the offense to aid him in terms of putting up big numbers. So you're looking at kind of a high end game manager for now. And he still has some time to take another step as a quarterback too. Jackson, when you look at this game, um, I guess, what are the keys? Like what has to happen for Cal in a positive manner, if they're going to win this football game. And then on the flip side, you know, what can't happen if, if, if they want to win this game? Well, definitely the, the thing that's hurt Cal the last couple of weeks is, is special teams miscues. And, you know, that's usually an afterthought for most teams and most games across the country. But when they happen, they are very, very noticeable. Uh, they had a bunch of them against Oregon State, a game they lost by four points. And then against Stanford, not only the blocked extra point that would have tied the game with the minute left, but also a blocked field goal in the first half. So, I mean, there's games, I mean, they've lost by one point, they lost by four points, and they've you can point to about six, seven really bad special teams issues within those two combined games. And that could have gone a long way in two wins. So um, that's definitely a, a concern. Uh, that's something they have to figure out how to shore up with all the chaos that's going on. And, um, you know, it's kind of those, those big plays, those, the little plays that have become big plays. They've got to find a way to avoid that. And then for me, the, the biggest issue for Cal as well is going to be getting chemistry with the O-line. Um, they should have most of their guys back for this game, uh, guys that haven't played uh, in three, four weeks. And when they did play, it was really uh, a challenge going into that bizarre UCLA situation. So uh, they've got to figure out how to get all the guys in sync pretty quickly without having a slow start offensively. Um, because this is a game they're probably going to have to put up quite a few points to, to stay with Oregon. And um, de defensively, it's been, you know, not really one particular issue, but um, they're just, they've really felt the loss of Evan Weaver, the, the safeties, the two NFL safeties they lost last year, a, a, you know, a couple guys that they expected to have back aren't back. And it's just kind of been a, a Cal defense that is still capable, but, not as, as good or as, you know, that top end Cal defense that's really carried the team. So, um, I mean, they've got to find a way to, to step up a little bit. Um, the way that they've played the last couple of weeks probably isn't going to be good enough to get a win against Oregon, but I, I think they have enough guys there to get to that hump and they've got to find a way to do it in the week's time, which is no easy task. Jackson, I hate to put you on the spot, but you got a prediction in mind? You have an, a, a guesstimate for how this game's going to play out on Saturday? And this, this season has been, <laughs> it's been tough to predict week to week. I think the one thing I do anticipate, which has kind of been what's become the, the common occurrence for Cal the past couple of weeks, is that it's not the defensive struggle type of Cal games that you're used to seeing. Uh, as With all the things I just mentioned uh, before, this is a Cal defense that gives up more points than usual, and it's a Cal offense that can score more points than usual in a different manner. So... Uh, I anticipate this game to be um, a little more back and forth, a little more fireworks offensively than we've seen, especially last year between Cal and Oregon. And um, I, I do see Oregon having the advantage for sure. Uh, I think about the 10 point spread is a good call. It's going to be tough for Cal to keep up blow for blow, but um, that, that, that's about the way I see it going. Probably more points than we'd expect and about a two score Oregon advantage in my mind. Jackson, real quick, um, I think everyone from an Oregon perspective has been blown away at just uh, how poor they've been in defending the run and seeing what Oregon State did. Jamar Jefferson realized that 
Jamar Jefferson is probably the best running back in, in the conference and maybe one of the best in the country. Um, but their offensive line at Oregon State's is no, no offense to those guys, but they're nothing special. Um, I, I don't think they're you know viewed as a, a top 10 offensive line in the country. Knowing that teams who, who aren't you know stout up front along the offensive line have had uh, the ability to r- kind of run all over Oregon defensively. Does that maybe give any kind of confidence that this game could maybe be a little closer? Because correct me if I'm wrong, that's kind of what Cal's offense is built upon running the football, controlling the tempo, controlling the clock and kind of just grounding out your opponent is Oregon's weakness, maybe matching up equally to maybe what Cal's best strength is offensively. I definitely could. And especially considering kind of the, um, the revolving door of offensive linemen that Cal's having to deal with. It should help them you know, get on track a little bit faster than normal. Uh, Coach Wilcox was very adamant this week that even though Oregon struggled against the run, uh, definitely the, the athletes that are there as far as guys that they've seen throughout the recruiting process, the, you know, the front seven Oregon has to offer is definitely what he would say a lot better than the stats show. But, um, but yeah, this is a, a Cal offense. It's, it's not quite as pro style old school as we anticipated the way it was uh, delivered, but that's definitely a lot of what they do. There will be a lot more fullback usage and, and extra tight ends and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, if they can establish at the line of scrimmage physically that they can run the ball and um, set up the pass game through that, that'll definitely go a long way offensively. Uh, there's still question marks for Cal's defense. They've got um, some strong points, but some weak points as well. And it's, not just maintaining the clock and winning the line of scrimmage on offense, but they've got to have the the complimentary from the defense and the special teams as well. That hasn't quite been there. He is Jackson Moore. Uh, he covers the Cal Bears for BearTerritory.net on 24-7 Sports. You can read his work there. You can read his pre-post-game coverage from Saturday night's Oregon at California game with your DuckTerritory.com subscription. It's same as, as ours. You can read our stuff. You can go easily and just read his stuff as well. Highly encourage you guys to do so. Uh, Jackson, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we get dealt uh, an exciting and fun football game Saturday night. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And again, thank you very much for having me. Talk to you later, folks.